You're listening to Not The Wifey Type, the podcast, a cape-free zone where we share stories and break down strength and struggle narratives to reimagine lives with us at the center. I'm your host, Kayla Charleston. Now let's get into it. Every now and then there will be an episode that doesn't have a story time opening segment. And this is one of those episodes in part because I like to keep the show at about an hour or just under. And the interview for today is just over one hour. The other reason is that I don't really have any experiences that kind of fit into uh, the content for today's show. Today's guest is talking about pretty privilege or more so than pretty privilege, the fact that she made a video about not having pretty privilege and it was how it was received on the internet. It got, it went viral and it got a visceral reaction from a lot of people across the internet. So she talks about that and being a black woman content creator who says things that a lot of people may not feel free to express and about her experiences with online dating and how that impacted her mental health and having to take a break from that and kind of coming to terms with the fact that she may not ever be partnered. And I just felt like I didn't really have any experiences that, um, you know, kind of reflected the, the, the content of today's interview. Like, I feel like I am, in terms of pretty privilege, I feel like I am in the middle of the spectrum. I feel like I may have it in some context but not in others or like with dating I feel like I have I have dated a lot of guys who are good on paper but like may have other things that make them trash like they're good on paper but they're not emotionally intelligent or um, they're good on paper but the benevolent sexism jumps out but never really guys that have been at like rock bottom and been trying to make something shake with me so um even that I didn't feel like my experiences were relevant so instead of trying to insert my experiences where they didn't fit I figured I would let the interview stand on its own so that's what I'm going to do I will say that as you're listening you may feel like you need to go watch some of the videos that we mentioned during the interview and I encourage that you do actually because this is a content creator who's um, content I really enjoy because it is she does speak so candidly um, and what I feel to be vulnerably about her experiences in life and I appreciate that even if they are not if if even if they don't mirror my own experiences so um, enjoy We are here with today's today's guest, who is Stephanie Comfort of O Steph Co, the YouTube channel. How are you this evening, Stephanie? I am doing well. I am doing well. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. I'm actually really excited about having you, and I really enjoy your channel because it feels like you talk about like the everyday personal thirty something stuff that maybe doesn't get discussed much or enough so I really appreciate it because it feels really intimate so so I wanted to start out talking about I, I like to ask guests when they're talking about things that are kind of personal uh, I like to start out by asking them about their background and like how they grew up or what they grew up believing uh, about girls who look like them so I have mentioned it a couple times on my channel but I grew up in the suburbs. Um, I was oftentimes the only black girl in my class. And then, you know, I, I'm a dark skinned black woman. So, you know, that's, I think, another type of othering uh, because I often heard kids say things like, oh, OK, well, you know, you're black, black as you know. So I was like, oh, OK, I'm I see. Um, and so that, of course, affects how you think about yourself and how you think people perceive you in the world. And um, as far as my what I thought about what would happen with girls that were like me, mm -hmm. I really um, I have a <laughs> I have an interesting. So I'm a millennial and I have the typical millennial parents who were like, you're amazing. You're going to do whatever you want. You're So even though I may have grown up and been like, oh, people think I'm different. I still had all this really positive support from home. So as far as like what I would do when I went out in the world, my parents were like, whatever, you know, you want to do. Um, 
of course, that we understand. So if I was like, I want to be an artist, I, that definitely got shot down. But but also, uh, I watched TV and I would I would find women that looked like me. I felt like like the original Aunt Viv, you know, on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air or uh, the daughters in um, the Cosby show, uh, like uh, Vanessa and Rudy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, they're they're out there and they're doing stuff, living single. I'd look at Maxine Shaw, attorney at law. And I was like, okay, so, you know, there's people out there. Oprah was around when I was growing up. So I felt like even though I'm different where I'm at, mm-hmm. there's still options for me in the world and things that I can do. And so I was like, I'm going to have to deal with feeling different, but I know that that's not the end of the story, mm-hmm. if, that, if that makes sense. So yeah. yeah, that makes perfect sense. So a nice little segue into a, a video that you made that actually went viral that's kind of related to this. And um, it was about pretty privilege. And I think it was called um, I Don't Have Pretty Privilege and That Sucks. So can you describe like your journey to discovering that you don't have pretty privilege and how that impacted you? Yeah, so I think people, um, when they saw the video, they met, they 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 thought I was saying, you know, woe is me. I have the face of a troglodyte and I have spent my entire life living in a cave abandoned by the community. You know, people don't talk to me. I get fed my meals under a door. Like, that's what I think they thought I was saying. But no, I, I'm uh, older. I'm 37 years old. I've dated. I may not have had, you know, great relationships. That's another topic. But I've dated. I have been a sexual person. Mm-hmm. I have I have a lot of experiences that are like, oh, this was good. And oh, that's not so good. Um, I have been told by people, hey, you're you're attractive. I do have times in my life where I feel like someone has um, been, you know, verbal about that. But at the same time, there was this conversation happening on social media about the ways that women who are received as being like gorgeous are treated in society. And as someone who had a lot of negative experiences also surrounding her looks, and I talk about in the video, going to clubs and getting like stepped on and knocked out of the way so somebody could get to one of my friends, um, realizing that like, okay, if I wear my hair like this, no one is going to notice me. And then... If I put on a wig, they still don't care. You know, so I in the video, I was just trying to put a label on that experience when you know, like, okay, I like myself. I like the way that I look. I've even had some positive social experiences, but being able to exist in this world and just be given things or be afforded certain social opportunities like nobody's ever going to be like, oh, Hey, baby girl, I'll pay all your bills and I'll fly you out. What island you want to go to? I already I bought you five tickets, five different (laughs) islands. You just pick the flight like that's not going to happen. And also, I had just gotten back from being in L.A., which I think because it is a city of models and actresses um, that that cost is high. If you're if you're not, you know, seen as worth it, you'll be completely invisible. And I definitely from you know, the dating scene, because what I will say is I appreciated it because a lot of people are really open minded. But at the same mm-hmm. team, excuse me, at the same time, it was like, yo, I, I'm out here struggling with, you know, A, B, C and D. And you just, you know, talking to a friend of mine, or whatever you went on one website one time and now you're at a director's house in the hills. Wait, what? And so I just I I had been internalizing these experiences for the last five years or so, um, really internalizing them. And then I started to see this conversation happening on social media. It was happening on TikTok. It was happening on, uh, I was reading about it in, you know, seeing it on Twitter. I was seeing it on BuzzFeed because I still read BuzzFeed. <laughs> and uh, what I noticed, though, on YouTube was that people were very matter of fact about it. They were like, hey, so there's something called pretty privilege or sometimes people called it desirability politics or whatever, politics of desirability. Uh, this is what it is. Yeah, it exists. So and we can see how it works in social media and in movies. And yeah, so it sucks. Goodbye. And I was like, I was like, you know, um, yeah, it does suck. And it's it kind of sucks when you don't have it. It hurts a little bit. And I'd like to talk about that because I don't think people are talking about what it's like just not having it. And Mm -hmm. uh, that's why I gave it the title that I gave it. Hey, I don't have this. And it actually sucks. Like, I'm not going to sugarcoat this for you. I'm not going to, it would be nice if 
I got some, just like with any privilege, whether it's financial privilege, whether it's, you know, societal privilege, right. it would be nice to have some of this. Um, <laughs> and so that's, that was like what my aim was and why I made the video. But yeah, my, my goal though was never to be like, I just live in my house by myself. Right. And, uh, and so <laughs> when I would make other videos and talk about other things, like I made one uh, where I said that um, when I first visited LA, there were people that came up to me. I had three instances of young men coming up to me and saying, you're so beautiful. And then when I actually moved there, that never happened. Um, someone in the comment section was like, hey, I thought you said you were ugly like me. How dare you? You know, and I was like, whoa, well, I, I didn't say that. What I said was nobody right. ever offered to pay my bills. What I said was I don't get treated special. And I also in that video said that what they did was out of the ordinary for me. That never happens. And I don't think people are able to to do that. They're not able to hear one story of your life and realize that other realities can also also be true people like right. people are very comfortable with just stagnation like this is mm -hmm. what you presented me with so this is all that you are and that's just that's not that's not me so yeah anyway that's why I made the video um, and that was the story behind behind that I was really thinking about how vulnerable you had to be to make a video like that did you feel like you were being vulnerable? And um, if so, <laughs> what was that like? I had spent too much time on TikTok and TikTok is like, they should call it trauma dump talk. Like, cause people get on there and they just, <laughs> I'm not kidding you. And I don't know if you're, um, what your podcast is rated, but I'll just be honest with you there. I have a screenshot on my phone. I like screenshotted it and sent it to a friend who's not on the app. It's a guy that he just talks about having herpes he just and he sits in front of a big picture that says i have herpes ask me anything and he just holds live sessions for people to dial in for people to pop on his live and talk to him that tiktok is so open like people don't and so i've been on this app and i'd seen women like crying about this i'd seen people who were talking about being treated differently because you know they maybe gained weight and now they were experiencing being invisible for the first time and they were like what is this and I had just been like, and then I had been, um, cause I was a, I was a teacher, uh, for about 10 years until this year. This is my first year not being a teacher. And I got really into like teacher TikTok during the pandemic with teachers just being open, like popping up on there and just being like, I don't understand what. And so I had spent a lot of time there and I was like, this is what we're doing now on the internet. And so I came over to YouTube and just made a longer video because. TikTok has the limits. Like you can't really get into, you know what I mean? It's three minutes at the most. And uh, I didn't think about it. Long story short, I didn't think I was being super vulnerable. I didn't, I was like, this is what we're doing now. Everybody's just being super real. And that's not true. <laughs> that was wrong. <laughs> People aren't doing that. I was doing too much and I didn't even think about it that way. I was like, it's 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 the norm now, but it's not not on YouTube. <laughs> uh, it's not the norm. So for me, um, I, and I think the the only thing that bothered me about being vulnerable because I don't care. Um, I'm actually like now I'm just like I'm gonna share more stories. I've started talking about a lot of different things on my channel, and uh, I don't care. It's when. I realized that people really are listening. I think that's what it is. And then I think with that video, it was like, what do you mean 700,000 people? Wait, what? What are y'all talking about in the comments? And then to see people speculating about my life and who I right. was. Well, that's because you don't know how to dress. You, you, what? You saw me talking to a computer. Oh, and my favorite was when they were like, that's because you're so very fat. You're very, very overweight. And so it's your fault. And I was like, am I? Am I so very <laughs> overweight? And I, it's just, that's what gets me about it. I don't mind vulnerability. I think it's great. I find it freeing. Mm -hmm. I find it, I only want to speak in real truths. But I just didn't like the, you, when you when you present yourself, you have to understand people are going to take your information and do what they want with it. Um, and mm -hmm. so you have to be ready to either deal with that head on, which I used to do. I used to go in my comment section and fight for my life. Uh, but now I'm just like, 
I'll make a video, I'll respond to a couple comments, I'll move on with my life. Um, yeah, so vulnerability, not so bad. Uh, public response and reaction can take some getting used to. Yeah, so I wanted to <laughs> I wanted to ask why do you think well actually first before we get to that, you you mentioned that Kevin Samuels had a live broadcast about this video. Oh, what God. was that about? I think because he has built a platform on women are meant uh sorry, he has built a platform on I hate women and I I shall teach you how to, you know, um dominate them because they're mean to us. They take advantage of our resources and they think they run things and they don't. We've got to put them in their place. That's his whole like vibe. And I think in my video I was like, uh actually, um we live in a patriarchal society and unfortunately men validate how women get to move through certain things like what part, you know, men uh, and, and women, unfortunately, take a lot of signals from men. So, like, what men think is okay, we will then shift and change and move our bodies to try and match that. So this power thing that you are describing isn't an actual representation of how life works at all. And I think that people got that from the video. They were like, so we've got people, we've got men openly talking about how this woman took advantage of me. And you have a woman here who I think most people who saw my video, they were like, she's seemingly intelligent. She um, is not that bad looking, but we know how fickle and how picky men tend to be. Um, and she's just, she's, she's basically discussing how superficial some of the systems are that we have in society from a woman's side. And so for so long, we've been listening to men, like just sort of rain down on, and even though that's not what I did in my video, I did not rain on men. I would, I was not like, and these stupid men won't invite me to their parties. But I think it was just, Hey, this is a woman who's not asking for your permission to express herself. She's not asking for anything from you. But look at what your thinking is doing to good women. And so I think because of that, women started, this is what I was told in like my DMs and things at the time, women were sending him the video. They were sending him the video. They were asking, so what do you think about situations like this? You know, you talk about how women do. What about when you guys do things like this, when you choose to treat women le like less than because they're not racially ambiguous or they're not, you know, what your idea of perfection is, whatever it is, because I don't think every man needs the same type of woman. Right. Right. And so he he got on and he did an Instagram live and I didn't watch it because I refuse to engage because I have to watch my blood pressure. Right. <laughs> but uh, but he got on. And he did an Instagram live and he was basically like, see, ladies, pretty privilege is like being a high value man. But being a high value man lasts longer. You know, what? and so I made a video and I was like, it's not the same because high value man, by definition, is somebody who's allowed to develop his character, whereas give, being given pretty privilege is a completely superficial um it's a completely superficial status and it does not allow for somebody to develop their full character. If we're going to compare two things, we compare the idea of high value man with high value woman, which includes both pe both parties having a full developed character. You cannot say that you being allowed to go out and educate yourself and get a job and have a career and build yourself up to a certain um, thing in society is the same as somebody just popping out of the womb, shaking their hair, and then jumping into a jet for free. It's not the same thing, and it should not be um, equated. And of course, there were men who support him that jumped in my comments. They were like, you don't get it. Yeah. Yes, I do get it. Never speak to me. You're blocked. Goodbye. So anyway, that is what happened with, with, with that situation. Okay, so I want to ask, why do you think that this video, because you got a lot of reactions from a lot of people um, uh, from different corners of the internet, I feel like. But so why do you feel like this got the reaction that it did from people, this video? Hey, uh, Kayla, I don't know. I've gone back and I don't know. I've I've gone back and watched it a couple of times and I cannot ever say I have an answer for you. I don't know because here's the thing. I didn't say anything new. And my thing was, one thing I will say is for anybody who'd been through it, like who's had to go through life and, you know, realize like, oh, okay. You know, they say that women are supposed to be A, B, C, D. 
And yet I'm going out in the world and I'm not getting perceived that way. Woo, my feelings are hurt. But we still show up. We still get the new makeup release. We still get the new club. We still continue to invest in ourselves. Why? Because our perception of ourselves matters most. And eventually the people that are going to love us are going to be able to re. I should say, eventually, what we learn is that people are going to perceive us and love us based on how we perceive and love ourselves. And that may not always be romantic, but I, I had to learn, like, even though you may walk in a room and nobody offers you, you know, uh, an all expenses paid trip to Dubai just because they liked how your legs are shaped, it doesn't mean that you have less value in that room. You can have value in different ways. And it starts at you believing that about yourself. Um, and then also, I think the whole part of there's a lot of people who tend to just hide away then, especially like I, I heard from a lot of women who are like, this is why I'd never go out. I don't ever try. I don't ever try to meet anyone. Absolutely not. Do not stay home. Do not stay in sweats. Do not refuse to show up for yourself. It still matters that you're here. There's still a whole part of life going on that you're allowed to participate in. And one day you'll be old and you won't, you know, you'll be older and maybe sick or maybe even not here, you know, and you'll look back and you'll be like, I had all that time where I could have been engaging with the world, but I let people's mm -hmm. perception of me hold me back. So I think it was the end of the video that that resonated with people. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also think, like you said, um, it was very vulnerable. There's a lot of things, especially as black women that we're not allowed to say, but like I'm old mm -hmm. now and I don't care anymore. <laughs> like I don't care. Like I'll say it, you know, there's a lot. Of, why would you talk like, because I'm old, like I don't care. I, I used to be like, oh, I don't want to say that. And I'm just whatever, you know, I just tell you the truth. Um, and so I think a lot of people, I, one person reached out to me and they said, my therapist has not been able to get to me like you have because a lot of times I'm gaslighted. Wow. No, that's not happening. No, it's in your head. No, no, it is happening. It's not in your head. It does suck, but you can still keep going. So I think right. that's why it resonated with some people. Some people didn't like to hear a woman complaining. So I had a lot of <laughs> men that would make reaction videos and they were like, listen to women. Women are the enemy. <laughs> Women take our resources and this ugly one is complaining that she can't have my paycheck and I hate her. So I, okay, you know, so uh, that was um, some of the reaction. But yeah, I think when people are very honest, it just elicits a strong response. Right. And so that's, that's why they, that's why it got Does the it, it does it at least feel good that there were people who uh, it resonated with and that's, that felt seen because of, you know, what you put out there? Yeah, that was the point of me starting my channel in the first place, because I have stepped into a era of womanhood that I was not prepared for. And someone mm -hmm. um, said in I we were talking one day and they were like, do you feel like we're having to raise ourselves? You know, we may have been told like, oh, this is going to happen, A, B, C, D. And then you get out in the world and it's like, woof, woof, unknown variables. Un Wait, what? And so I felt like even though we have so many of us that are living, you know, and the data shows it like, okay, you're not getting married. You're not, mm -hmm. you may not have kids. You're dealing with this. Oh, ooh, the job market. And oh, Lord, mm -hmm. we have all these people living these realities. But if you go on social media, all we want to see is, Couple goals, relationship goals, new house. Oh, look at my hubby. Oh, I'm pregnant with number three. That's all we see. And we consider, we feed it. We like it because it makes us happy, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But it also, I mean, Instagram had to literally hide likes, like give people the option to hide likes, limit this, limit that. There's people whose self-esteem severely suffers, like, and it's all because they don't feel seen. And they don't feel mm -hmm. like their story has value. They don't feel like their story matters. It's like there's no space for it. And I was so tired of feeling like I didn't have any space to be honest about. Like I was living all of these very inconvenient truths. And oh, but keep it to yourself because we're staying positive. And if you say those things, how will you ever get the hubby? How will you? E Again, I'm old now. Run that to somebody who's 10 years younger. 20 years younger, but I've seen it, man. I've seen things get taken away from people. I've seen people suffer real losses here. And I'm supposed to sit up here and keep pretending with you and, and have a YouTube channel where I talk about what making soap. 
even though there's nothing wrong with that, I've watched those tutorials, but still, you know, so absolutely. I felt, you know, like I said, I was a teacher for 10 years um, and that's a hundred percent what it is. You put content out because you want people to be able to learn something, to achieve something, to, to have an experience when you're introducing a novel, you know, what are the kids getting from this? So when I was like, I'm going to make videos, I want people to experience number one, I want them to feel like they've been seen. Number two, I don't want them to feel afraid to talk about certain things. And number three, if nothing else, catharsis. I was holding this in. I didn't want to say nothing. Thank you for saying it for me. And again, I, I don't care about taking the hit. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, they made a reaction video. <laughs> Let's see how many views yours got. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's the... Com that's the competitor in me. I'm like, you made your cute little video. I like good for you. You made good. And I even like that. I like the the conversation. Cause you know, again, when you're teaching, it's like, okay, we I introduced this to you. Now talk amongst yourselves at the table. Yeah. And then we'll come back and share what think pair share. So I <laughs> even look at the the conversation that people are having and I'm like, yes, there's nothing like introducing content that makes people want to talk. Because that means it meant something to them, you know? So, right. um, yeah. Well, you mentioned that people uh, have a hard time with people being honest and um, and honesty in general. Do you think that's harder as a black woman content creator? Like, uh, what are the challenges of being a black woman content creator that talks about kind of intimate details of your life? Black people are very protective of intimate details because we already feel um, we already feel so heavily judged. You know, a perfect example of that is this... Uh, all of these celebrities that happen to be white that came out talking about how they don't bathe their kids and um, the celebrities of color that were asked about it, Jason Momoa and The Rock. You know, The Rock, his father is black and I mean, he looks black and Jason Momoa, he's Hawaiian. But still, um, they were, no, 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 we bathe. We bathe. Uh, they, we, hey, uh, -uh don't come over here with that. Whereas Kristen Bell, you know, blonde hair, blue eyes, I wait until my kids stink. Can you imagine can you imagine? I mean, and then especially as black women, like we get, I mean, we've got Monique screaming at us for wearing bonnets to wherever, posting, you know, I, it's, I think when you already feel like you have to protect, 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 uh, there's only one vision of womanhood that can exist. And that's something that nobody would have a problem with. Who will have a problem with black girl magic? Who will insult her? You can have something to say about us, um, but, you know, we're going to make sure that we're, we keep it airtight. We're going to make sure that we, you know, black women are amazing. We're powerful. We're, we are all of those things, but we also experience dot, dot, dot. And then, you know, when we have those experiences that aren't magical, you're afraid to talk about them. Oh, well, I don't, ooh, I'm supposed to be being magical. How can I say that I, ooh, how can, it? and again, I just have to go back to, I don't care. I, there was a time where I was like, I don't think I can talk about this. And now I'm like, oh, just go ahead and say it. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Mm. Um, okay. What ends I would, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I don't think 37 is old, but that's, that's just me, you know. <laughs> you know what it is? You know what it is? In my mind, I had an idea of when things would be like a certain status for me. You know what I'm saying? And so I passed that point and now I'm like, eh, you got nothing to lose. Put yourself out there like this. Do this. It doesn't matter because I and it's exactly that it was like um, age was a uh, uh, like a mirage. You know, I thought, um, oh, you know, these things exist. Like, for instance, everybody makes a big deal about turning 30. Mm -hmm. No, the universe doesn't care about your 30. You know, things can happen to you. Things cannot happen. Oh, well, if they happen at 30, they happen. And it took me a while to realize that, like, oh, so age is only important in my mind. So I've, I've passed all these times in my life where I'm supposed to have these milestones. I could still have them at 45, 40. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm the only one concerned about it. Oh, okay. Let me, then let me do this totally different. Let me, let me do what I want to do instead of, I don't know, adhering to a certain way of doing things. Cause I think I have to do it that way. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, no, 37 isn't old, but I do have grace for the first time in my life. And that is depressing to me. So. <laughs> oh, you're lucky. I had grades at like 23, like right in the front. <laughs> so yeah, you got away good. It's, it's just my edges, though. And it's like I call myself Lakeisha Claus because it's just all here. You can't see. Maybe you can. Oh, 
Terrible. Terrible. So I wanted to um, segue a little bit, and you kind of mentioned this when you talked about millennials and how there's lots of data on millennials being alone. Um, you've made videos about like how online dating impacted your mental health and like you deciding to kind of take a break from that. And you've also had a, a, a recent video about being left in a restaurant on a date. So I wanted to talk about like dating and um, I guess first we could start with like how online dating impacted your, your mental health. So it was absolutely, um, uh, and I explained that in the video that you're referencing where I got left in the restaurant. Um, I was not having a good time when I was, I started doing it when I moved to California. Um, because of course I didn't know anybody and I was in the middle of my horny thirties, which I talk about in a, another video. And I feel like we should warn people about it because it, it comes up on you like a thief in the night. And so I was like, wow, more than ever, I want to meet someone. And so I was just trying things out and yeah, I just ran into so many, like, I, I mean, it's not a great, it's either online dating either works out well for you. There's people who have bought houses and married people that they've, I'm sorry, bought houses with and married people mm -hmm. that they've met on platforms like Tinder, you know, or it can go very badly for you as we all have seen. So I was somewhere in between where I had just, it was just like lack of com compatibility when I would meet people, lack of like same goals in life, um, mm -hmm. surprises that I didn't expect. Like I would meet somebody like an elementary school principal and he would reveal to me that he was a alcoholic who was on his third strike with the state who could not afford to pay his mortgage, who was, you know, just, uh, yeah. Or I'd meet somebody who was like, I'm a software developer who, uh, it actually was within a month of each other. I'm a software developer who's a recovering alcoholic and I used to be homeless and I just graduated college at 45 and I let, you know, and his story actually, I was like, oh, okay, cool. But then you have the whole like lack of compatibility thing. And when I say that, I mean, he didn't like me. <laughs> and so, um, but I, I mean, and I would just meet, I, I wanted, and I still want, if I think about dating and whenever people say, you've got to date more than one person, I'm like, you met more than one person that you like? Like you met more than one person that you can go on a good, so a good date with? I don't, when I see people say, okay, so I'm going on date one. I used to follow this girl on a TikTok where she was taking us through her path to find a boyfriend. And after like 19 months, she got, she got somebody. So you go girl. But, um. Uh, she would be talking about, okay, so on date one, we're going to do this. And tonight is going to be date three with this guy. And, it, and I'm like, wow, you know, this is really, I just, I never had a lot of, a lot of good dates. And then I felt like a lot of the platforms I had to deal with, you know, just the truth of the algorithm, which is people that are more preferred by people in an area are going to get swiped on more. Um, so they're going to have more options. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I was tired of failing at it. And also online dating is really restrictive. So when you can only meet people online, it's like, oh my God, it's just, I felt like I was, you know, locked in, like I was on the matrix or something. It made me feel like I had to be hooked up to a machine to make connections. Also people try and get away with stuff online. Um, I've definitely talked to people who I like, I've been catfished, uh, someone, yeah, I, the stories, the stories. So yeah, I, I did have a tough time with that. And so I decided um, not to do it for a little while to get my like mind back, my self-esteem to just come back to myself. Yes. So you're you you are back to dating now. What what was your decision process in deciding to date again? I just met someone who seemed interesting to me, who then was a little too interesting. And I was actually like, in retrospect, I'm actually happy that that date didn't go through and go further because it would have been um, a situation where I would have eventually been like, what is this? What, what, who is this? But uh, yeah, I, since leaving California, I have had one or two situations where I have met people in person. And like I, I was saying in the video where I'm talking about the date that you're referencing, um, I'm, I still haven't had that situation where, you know, somebody comes across the room and they say, Hey girl, you know, you're so beautiful. I just want to buy you a drink. I just want to, 
that has not happened. But in just being in like certain social situations, conversations can start. And um, yeah, this person, I just happened to be attracted to him. And so I was like, okay, sure, I, I try this out. Um, and then, you know, it went the way that it that it went. Do you feel like there's a connection between the impact of online dating and on your mental on your mental health and like your feelings about pretty privilege? Yes, absolutely. And that's what I was trying to explain to somebody else. I was I don't remember when we were talking about it, but when I made that video, oh, I did a podcast with um Brown Girl Self Care. Um it's a I did a podcast with with her with Brie and I was just saying, you know, when I made that video, I was coming off of like the time in my life where I was extremely emotionally fertile and like ready for something big. And then basically being forced for the first time to really look at desirability politics. And I know like as women, you know, we, we're told, uh, oh, you know, you're the prize, you're the prize. But going out in the world and like, and, and being in LA and trying to date was the first time that I'd really tried to date at like any kind of high volume. So it was the first time that I could say, oh, um, I went on a date Tuesday and I have one for Saturday. I have never, I was never like that. Um, I averaged like two or three years in between dates before then. It just wasn't something that happened easy for me. But in Los Angeles, people embraced online dating more. Also, you know, we were talking earlier about LA being tough for black women who are not racially ambiguous. Yes, if you're trying to date black men only, but a lot of men in LA, are who are not black um are very interested in black women they you know will and um but then it, it it then it gets down to the type of men that are interested in you um and then it gets down to the fact that if you are seen as more conventionally attractive there's going to be better quality men that are so, like i would notice for example if i was on a dating app i would never match with the guy who was like I work in marketing for, for Disney. I'm a CEO of da, 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 da. It was always somebody who was struggling and I was working or not struggling, but just, yeah, just very, you know, please take a chance on me, please. Um, but never anybody that I could feel like, oh, he's got it. Like I, I'll be able to just lean on him. And the thing that um, people missed, especially men who see everything through their perspective, they missed, um, well, some men, some men were extremely supportive and very sweet. It was so nice. But um, I was working three jobs when I lived in Los Angeles to like, now they were all at the same place. So like I was a teacher and then I taught extra classes and then I coached in the afternoons. So that was three separate paychecks. But my days were like 12 and 13 hours. Um, and I was constantly like, I would teach different grade levels and different subject areas and different, like I, I taught English literature and media production. And so I was, I was grinding in my own way. Plus I was trying to take improv classes and writing classes, excuse me. So I was like grinding and I, I was doing this so that I could afford to live on my own in a nice place and have, and so I would meet men that hadn't done that for themselves. You know, you'd be swiping and it was like, wow, you haven't even done this. Like, all I did was get a teaching certification and go in and do what needed to be done. And you didn't even do this. And I just noticed that my friends who or the women that I knew or met who were seen as more conventionally attractive, they didn't run into these issues. Now, I'm not saying they didn't run into situations like, you know, because even all the glitters is in gold. You can meet that CEO and he has a Coke problem. You can meet, you know, whatever. And some other stuff is going on, you know. But just as somebody who was struggling financially, um, I was just like, you know, it, it's just very frustrating that the type of guys who think they can have access to me and are interested in me are people where I'm not equally, I'm not equally yoked. Um, and then also, you know, it comes down to desire, like who wants you, who's what, you know, we talk a lot about standards. I'm saying myself, I want somebody to meet. And I, I, I do feel that the better looking you are as a woman, um, the more likely it is that men are gonna be like, whatever you want, I'll do it, whatever you want. And I noticed this because, you know, I, I know some people and I'm like, hmm, she's mean. Or, you know, this person, <laughs> this person has an attitude problem. Or, you know, you meet that, you meet those girls or they'll say things like, I know I got a bad attitude and he gonna deal with it. 
But like me, I was like, I've got to be on my P's and Q's. Can't come off crazy. Got to. Because the truth is, is that guys will tell you straight up. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, you're not worth all this. Mm -hmm. You think I can go and get me a bad female. You, You ain't worth. You're not even a dime. You're not even. Which is what's interesting to me about your podcast. How it's called not the wifey type, because I've literally met men and been talking to them. And I think we're flirting. This happened to me in college. I would think we were flirting and they would be like, girl, don't tell this guy was like really rude to me. And, um, I was, I, I had been drinking, which is why I didn't sink in at the moment. But then he started talking to me about another woman. He was like, yeah, so I was hanging out with her. You know, she's, you know, she's wifey. Like she's, oh, she's so, oh, she's bad. She's the way. So when I saw your podcast title, I was like, <laughs> I've literally been told I'm not the wifey type. Like I've literally been told, oh, that's not you. So, um, yeah, I felt like when I was dating, if I had been seen as more conventionally attractive, I would have had better people to choose from. I'm already dating and because L.A. people say it's so diverse. I live in Houston, Texas. Los Angeles has nothing on Houston with, with diversity. It's it's not. It, they've got is is not. But, um, you know, I was out there already as somebody who there's only like eight percent black people in Los Angeles. It's not, it's not a lot of us out there. I, I'm not racially ambiguous, so that's a lot of people I won't appeal to. I'm not that California girl with the blonde hair, but you know. So I already felt like I was going to have to work harder to infiltrate, you know, social groups anyway. And then on top of that, like, yeah, you you just have the dating algorithms too. You know, you can, I've I had met some guys. Um, no, I didn't. That's a lie. <laughs> I'm sure it was possible though. Where you meet people and it's like, we never would match on this app. We never would see each other because the algorithm gives you people mm. that look like people you swiped on before. So even if you connect, you know, uh, even if you would be compatible and you would connect, you know, you uh, you may never meet. So, yeah, when I made that video, I was I was very tired. I had just finished dealing with someone and actually he had horrible self-esteem. I mean, he he reached out to me and he was like. He seemed like he was a nice person and then he was really paranoid. He actually said to me once, I can't believe you like me. I said, why is that? Because of how I look. He had really bad self-esteem and he developed some really worrisome behavior. But at the same time, he was really conceited and uh, he was just a really, and I was like, this was my best offer and it was a hundred percent because I'm in an area where I'm not valued. And so even though I have access to more men here because more people are more open-minded it's still not great not great stock is is what I have and I think you know I want to say for people that do do well when they date in LA even darker skin black women whatever it's normally an organic social thing so they're in different groups they're you know partying with different people they're getting to meet different people because I met people and you know we had connections and we laughed they were usually already in relationships, but like I could tell, oh, he said something kind of sideways to me. So if he was single or if, if I had given into that, you know, whatever, but I didn't get in a lot of those situations because, you know, I was a, I was a middle school teacher. So I worked at a campus where most people were white and 20 years older than me and they were married and that, you know what I'm saying? So, and then they're not going to rooftop parties. They're not going to, they're not interacting with people who are like me where I will find someone who you know what I'm saying so yeah it was just it was a lot of frustration when I made that video I was uh you could say depressed um and I just I wanted the bad just just a little bit um a little sexual frustration like just ugh. and I just wanted um I didn't want any more bad stories, no more showing up to the restaurant and having to pay for myself while he drinks a glass of water, no more showing up to the restaurant and he's, you know, face face down in a smoothie bowl and then ask me with yogurt all on the side of his mouth, am I going to get anything? You should order something. And then walks out and leaves me to, and leaves me to pay for myself. No more showing up and someone says they're 5'7 and they're actually 5'1. Oh my God. No more, oh you know what I mean? No more meeting people who um, say, oh, I have, I'm reasonable. I'm a reasonable individual. And I find out that like your fingers are all banged up because you punch walls and you haven't. No, I went on a date with one guy and he asked me, are you religious? And I hate when people ask that. Just, just say, do you believe in a God? Because that's what they're really trying to get at. Do you believe in a, you know, whatever. 
And I said, and my whole thing is, I'm never going to go to someone and be like, hey, here's the plan of salvation. In order to get far with me, you have to accept Christ tonight. Would you, I'm not going to do, like, that's not, you know, but you have some people who don't believe in anything. um, Mm -hmm. And they're very angry about their perception that people have pushed things on them. And this guy got so angry. Uh, I don't know how, why he got so angry one night, but he was like, he said that uh, the statues of Jesus on the cross and churches were slutty. <laughs> yeah, he was like, they're inappropriate for children. He should have his clothes on. And he was raised Jewish, like, by... Uh, ethnicity, but not necessarily faith. And he goes, um, you know, people having crosses in church and, and depictions of the crucifixion. What if Jews had um, images of the Holocaust? And so I had to explain to him, like, that is not the same thing. And I just feel like, you know, if we met, I, 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 I was just tired of those, of things like, of those kinds of stories. Like, I was just a little exhausted. Um, but yeah, I do think that the pretty privileged thing, because again, I saw people be able to just get online and be like, yeah, so I don't even have to buy groceries this week. I've met so many hot guys on Bumble. <laughs> I met this one guy and I met the, and I'm just like, no one responds to my messages on that godforsaken app. Ugh. So, okay. You know, so yeah, it's, yeah, that's why I, I just didn't want any more negativity. And I even... The fact that I got left in the restaurant, yeah, that sucked, um, obviously. But I love the fact that we met organically. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the fact that I actually had the choice going into it not to even go on the date with him. Because I saw, you know, I mentioned in the video that he made his own clothes. I saw his shirt. I saw what is I, I, I knew who I was dealing with. I didn't know that would happen. But, um, you know, that's a decision that I was able to make. And, um it feels different when you meet people in person. It makes me feel more like a real, like I, like more real, you know, mm-hmm. um, even though it was still a, an interesting situation. So, yeah, uh, I think it's I think it's really interesting that uh, black women get a lot of flack for like having too high standards or wanting too much or being gold diggers. But you are talking about how men feel comfortable, like coming with their absolute worst <laughs> or like not offering no, much at all the, because <laughs> the worst would be something the worst would be something they come they no, I don't have a pot to piss in can I borrow a pot from you and you're just like yeah okay let me handle menstruating and dealing with the wage gap and this and that and that and also let me give you a pot so you can piss i mean it's just <laughs> It, and the thing is, is like you have men that are giving all of themselves to the same type of woman. And so if you say, okay, I have these standards. Oh, well, I tried to do. Yeah, you sent $50 to an Instagram model. And, and that, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's why you feel like somebody's taking advantage of you. That's not my story, dude. That's I'm not her. You know, you women are all the same. Y'all wouldn't even talk to me if you saw me on the. What are you? I'm just talking about some of the uh, comments that I get in my comment section. Y'all wouldn't even talk to me if you saw me on the street. Like, what are we talking about? I said I wanted somebody who could go half on the rent. I didn't say I want somebody who can. You know, although that would be nice. But um, yeah, it it's crazy that if you have any kind of standards, people flip out. Mm-hmm. But then they believe they're entitled to your time with nothing. <laughs> so you you also mentioned in the video about um, taking a break from online dating that you're kind of trying to reconcile with the with the possibility of being unpartnered um, in life. Do, do you still feel that yeah, way? Yeah, so I actually have a video. I have a video coming out tonight because I was just trying to. Will and Jada Pinkett, uh, they just talked about their unconventional relationship. And recently, again, you know, we can say uh, 37's not old, but there's a lot of things now that I'm worried about that I wasn't worried about five years ago. And also, I've spent the majority of my life not in a serious partnership. I've really never had one that's lasted for very long. Last one I had, I was 25 years old. It was not healthy at all. Got out of that within like five months. And then when I was 29, I was in a situationship with somebody 
older than me, a situationship, because he consistently reminded me, I don't want to be a, anybody's boyfriend. I like friend with benefits. I want to be a friend with benefits. He even one time sent me a text. Guess what movie I'm watching? Friends with benefits. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking of you. Uh, he was so anti-emotions. He said some of the meanest stuff to me. But then he talked about wanting to have a kid together. Like he, that's what he wanted to do. What? He wanted me to be a baby factory. Yeah. And, but he did not want to be like Valentine's day and things would come up my birthday, you know, and it was, I acted erratically toward him because I was like, I wanted you to be the answer. Like you were supposed to be the guy, like I met, you know, but he was just, Ooh, he was not having it. So, um, that being said, I've never been in a serious relationship. And so like, you can have a longing for something, but if it's not satisfied, it's just like, what are we, oh, what, huh? I feel like um, at this age, and I feel like a lot of times as women, uh, especially as women, we sort of wait. Well, I'd like to do that with my husband. That's I, I had this friend once and I would be like, oh, girl, we should travel here. Mm, that's a trip I'd like to take with my husband. You're 33. Why can't you go to Australia? Why do you need to wait on him? Uh, and then I know some people and I'm like, okay, so are you going to move out? Are you going to buy a house? I'd like to do that with my husband. We're 40. Can we like start thinking about our lives outside of this partnership paradigm that's been set up for us? Because it doesn't seem like it's applying to us. Mm -hmm. Like we like life goes on and we're not married. Right. And so I just I, I think to myself, I'm like, is having a partner less of an absolute than you previously thought it was? Because I used to think it was, you know, because I grew up in the church. And so they're like, the Lord is preparing a man. And they tell you, you know, he, your husband, your husband, he's a coming. Your he's a he's, he's Yes, yes. <laughs> and you start to realize, like, uh, I don't know. I don't know if, I don't know if that applies to me. Um, and I, and more and more, I see that marriage and partnerships and coupling, it really has to do with social visibility mm -hmm. and you have a higher likelihood of it happening based on where you're trying to make it happen and what time in your life you're trying to make it happen, so on and so forth. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't think I have another conclusion that I can come to other than it may not be within my life scope to be partnered because I don't know if it's as absolute as it was previously thought to be or as I was taught it was going to be. And, and then, you know, you fall at my age, I've fallen in love. I've had my heart broken. People have left and chosen not to come back. I've left situations, you know, and been told, well, girl, you, you ain't gonna find nobody better than me. You know, I've, I've left things and uh, yeah, you just start to say, you know, those of us who end up partnered, um, who end up in relationships, who end up in marriages, it really is a reflection of your social visibility. Mm -hmm. And that's based on a lot of different things, who you hang out with, who you talk to, how you were socialized to think about yourself when it comes to partnerships. Um, and really at this point in my life, I'm like, it would take a miracle for me to end up that way. Somebody asked me once, they go, so what would you do if you never got married? And I was like, that's like asking me what I would do if I never went to space. You know, I, I think at this stage and then, and the video that I'm coming out with, which I'm a little worried about because I, I look at unconventional relationships, you know, like polyamory and BDSM and, and the things that I've been introduced to, uh, by proxy. I've never experienced them, but I've had friends who have experienced these things. And I talk about the fact that I recently, just started looking at my life and I was like, hmm, I don't even know if I would want to be with the same person for 50, 60, 70 years. Because I think about who I was 10 years ago and I'm like, ooh, if I had, if I had somebody then, would I have been able to choose this for myself? Right. Then I would have had to be like, ooh, if he's not on board, I can't go there. And for better or for worse, like, you know, moving to LA, I wasn't like, yes, all my dreams came true. But I never would have even tried if I was like, oh, oh, you know, Dean won't like that down at the plant or whatever. You know, I, I, we've got to stay here for his job. We've got to, 
I know, you know, I think about it and I'm like, you have an incredible amount of freedom to make your life look like whatever you want. And you know how you are. I know how I am when I love somebody. I'm like, drop everything. What are they, what? Is that the best choice for me? And what my ultimate purpose is? Like who, and then I think about it, I'm like, the type of partner I need, do they exist? And is it the end of the world if they don't? I, I don't know. And I'll say this, you know, yes, I got left at the restaurant on that date. But before that, I was able to be reminded that some people do find me interesting and sexy and there are still like fun experiences I can have. Like, so say I was dating someone and he was like five, three, God forbid. No, I'm kidding. It, it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. But uh, say I was dating someone and he was like five, three. And then I met, meet this guy who's like six, seven. I can't be like, hold on, honey. I need this man to lift me in the air and toss me around for a bit. I'll be right back. <laughs> I can't do, I mean, unless I was into like polyamory or open relationships, which I'm not, I can't do that. So I thought about it and I was like, you know, really what's happening now is we're going to have a generation of people who maybe they won't be partnered, but that means they're still open and available for emotional access and if need be physical access way past the point where we were taught to believe that we had to settle down with somebody. So what I'm saying is I could be 47 and enter into an incredibly physically fulfilling, emotional fulfilling thing with someone and still live out my purpose on this earth as a woman well without having a big ring on my finger. So blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But uh, no, you make good points. I, 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 think, I think it's really hard to separate what we intrinsically want versus what we're told we're supposed to intrinsically want, <laughs> especially when it comes to relationships. And I struggle with that with like whether or not I want children. So um, yeah, you just it's a lot of pressure to... to I can be honest with you. Mm-hmm. My desire for children um, was very, very strong, very strong. And then I had a pregnancy loss. Um, and then I sat back and thought about the, that. And I thought about who the dad would have been. And I and I said, I'm so sad that, you know, that that happened to me. But I am so blessed that I don't have to raise a baby with that demon from the pits of hell. And also, I was a teacher. And I can tell you right now, you know, they're very cute as babies, for sure. But that but then you have little uh little Gabriel in your class and he don't want to sit down and there's and nobody can talk to him and mom comes up and you know what he does he makes mom look stupid because they have their own minds their own and now we're in this age where people are like ah, 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 gentle parenting just so it's not like back in the day when I was young and if mom came up she was like let me get in that bathroom real quick I'm about to whoop her no no now you get the you get the authorities called they say Ooh, we got to call so you come up to the school and your kid can say whatever they want. You know, they could do, yeah, and now they have social media and TikTok. They can get on, hey guys, my mom grounded me. Can someone sit, Venmo me $2,000? I'm moving out and people will do it. It's just, it's so wild. The social like world that's opening up that people will have to raise kids in. I'm like, I don't know if I have it in me to, to fight. And then I, I know the kind of men that normally come around me and I'm like, if these kids, if these, if this child was like its father, he, take it back, keep it. Like, I, I don't, you know, that's, I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah. So when it comes to kids, like, I'm just going to be the first to say, you're not a bad person. If you're like, oh, oh no. Uh, because that's a bit, and then financially the commitment. Oh my goodness. God. You know, I can barely keep myself alive. How Now I got to share my, me, me and my dog. My three pennies with you, I got to share with you. I don't, and then I know the kind of mom I would be like, because I got to do extracurriculars and this and that. So I would want them in everything and to do, okay, well now we can't eat because so-and-so has to go to cheerleading. So no dinner this month, guys, she has to come, you know, so that's another thing. Sometimes I think I'm like, I've been spared um, a lot of extra stress by not being being given that partner by not you know I don't have to cuz my life could look different now I could be worried about okay well are we going to have money for you know well, I don't have to worry about that that's that's something that's not on my shoulders and then during the pandemic too watching people struggle with I have to t- I have to work and I have to watch my kids and I have to 
that ripped people apart. That was, oh, that was hard. And so I was like, yeah, all right, well, maybe it's a blessing. I don't know. You know, I, I, you know, I, I hope if, if you're, whatever i'm not saying a child's not a blessing but i'm saying it can also be a blessing not to have children right i i got you i got you i wanted to leave off on one question i always ask guests one question at the end is um what's a book or resource that has been formative for you Mm, a book or resource uh oh well you know uh gosh I, I'm not going to lie to you. When someone mentions books, I'm like, <laughs> I'm an idiot. Uh, what have I read? So I I will say that I really did struggle with not having kids. And I talk about that in some of my videos. So there was a book that I found that helped me process that. And it was called Living the Life Unexpected. And it just examined, forced me to look at some of my feelings and examine them. Um, and then I've been going through, this is kind of dark, but I've been going through uh, situations in my life that were tough to take and super surprising. And I've been realizing that um, some of my reactions to certain things are not necessarily me being like, you're being crazy. That My brain has actually been affected by some low, some little T trauma. And I have a video where I talk about trauma. So there's this book that I'm still reading called The Body Keeps the Score that's just informing me about, oh, this is how we can recognize how our brains and our bodies respond to situations that jolt us and leave a traumatizing effect. And then anybody who watches my channel knows that I'm more than a little obsessed with astrology. So there's a book called You Were Born for This by Chani Nicholas. And I love this book. Oh, yeah, Chani Nicholas. And I love this book because um, sometimes we go, you know, even if you just look at it metaphorically, sometimes we go through things in life and we're just like, oh, I feel cursed. I feel cursed. And how she frames it is, no, the things that you have challenges with are the things that you get to get really, really good at. And the things that you don't have challenges with, those are your blessings in life. And you can show other people what it's like to live in that light and invite other people in when the opportunity comes. And so I look at situations, especially like with romantic relationships, and I'm like, yeah, the way I started off uh, in my life, I probably would have been very selfish. If I was ever in a relationship, I would have been very selfish. Um, I would have been very demanding. I might have been um, somewhat of a of a of a of a, a wantonly woman uh, running through the streets. I don't know. Um, but I and also I would have been very possessive. I would, you know, there are things I can see now that I'm like, oh, but because they have been such a challenge for me, they haven't come easily for me. I'm good at letting go. I'm good at processing things that have happened. I'm good at being compassionate, even to people that have hurt me. Um, and that's with a lot of things, too. So those are the three that I'm reading now. And then when I was working with kids, I feel like I should when I was working with kids um, and I, I do talk about like body image and things like that. in one of my videos about BBL, I talk about like books that I had to read in this class in college that helped me um, understand my feelings about being a, in black skin in a predominantly white society. So white skin, black masks by Franz Fanon, which is a very old book. But when I was uh, a kid and I was getting like bullied and I felt like nobody understood me there, it, there is a book that I read called there's a boy in the girl's bathroom. You can actually edit this part out. <laughs> But it's all about a kid who is bullied and then he's shown love and it totally changes his perspective and it changes how he responds, changes how people respond to him. And it's just a universal reminder for me at all times. Like I used to carry this book with me like in college and I think I've lost it by now. I don't know where it is, but um, I always remember it. So like even when I'm dealing with people and they're like a little bit salty or spicy, even when people in my comments, I'm like this person does not yet understand how to respond with compassion yet. They need to just be shown love in return. Um, and it was that book that first illustrated that for me. Like, you know, you can come off this way, but there's more than what meets the eye. And um, we can all be kind of switched around and enjoy better relationships and just and, and just have more joy. So, you know, you, you asked me one question. I think I gave you 17 books. That's I, I literally fine. just looked at... <laughs> my I looked at my desk and I was like okay well this is what I'm reading so you know this is what I have but yeah that's well tell tell the listeners where they can find you so for right now I'm just being unhinged on YouTube um 
And like I said, this last video I made, I was like, girl, why you, why you make this video? But again, I don't care. Um, so right now I'm being unhinged on YouTube and I had been on TikTok and then me and the TikTok algorithm fell out, but, uh, I still lurk on there constantly and I'll be wanting to do one again. And so I might hop back on there, but for right now I am on, uh, YouTube at Ostefco and you may have to wade through the reaction videos to find me, but I'm there and I'm on Twitter at Ostefco and I literally never post to Instagram, but I'm trying to get better at that Instagram the same the same uh, handle well thank you so much for being on the show this evening no problem thank you for having me thank you for listening to not the wifey type the podcast if you love the show make sure to subscribe so you'll know when new episodes drop and rate and review so others will know how much you love the show too if you want to keep up with me personally you can follow me on instagram at not the wifey type until next time i'm reminding you to belong to yourself <laughs>